It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News, and on today's show, I'm joined by Charles T. Hamilton to break down Auburn forward Isaac Okoro and his potential fit with the Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn forward Isaac Okoro is widely considered the most defensive-ready prospect in the draft. The Warriors desperately need help on the defensive end. Charles, I know it's not that simple, but when you watch Okoro, what is it that you like about him? I mean, defense. He's a defensive menace, but there are other aspects that come with that. He's uh, NBA size immediately. It's not a guy that you're going to have to add strength or anything like that. He's 6'6", 225. That's what he's listed at. I mean, give or take some couple pounds, uh, you know, body similar to Andre Guadalla. Like he's a specimen. Uh, I think they have him listed at about 6'9 wingspan, which is solid for a guy his size. And then athleticism, which the Warriors, even coming out of that little bubble mini camp they did, have mentioned they're lacking athleticism and it's something they need to address. Those are uh, you know, two or three things that he would immediately take care of for the Warriors, but just the, the NBA size, you know, you don't have to be a, a beast uh, physically to be a good defender. You know, there are small defenders like Patrick Beverly who are damn good, but you know, he has a, a limit to what he can do because he's six mm-hmm. one. So a guy with Isaac Okoro size and weight, you know, the, the length and weight you can, project him guarding four positions uh you know still gonna need to work on it but those things are there already those aren't things you're gonna have to worry about uh with him I talked to Bruce Pearl on a on a profile that I'm working on of Isaac Okoro these I keep writing these profiles for the Mercury News and one of the things that Bruce Pearl said was he thinks he can guard five positions Mm -hmm. which may be hyperbolic coming from his college coach but you like you said look at his size you look at that wingspan you look at that frame and the strength that comes with it why not, right? Like Draymond yeah. Green in his prime could guard five positions. You, you look at a guy like Bam Adebayo and Ben Simmons. I mean, those are like just really physical uh, players. And those are the guys who tend to be able to guard those five positions and they're quick on their feet. And I think when you look at Isaac Okoro play, he, he fights over screens so well. He can get under a screen and stay with a, a, a guy attacking the rim. He could fight over the screen and stick with shooters. Um, he's, you're not going to bully him in the post, but like I said, he's like quick enough to stay with guys on the perimeter and ball handlers on the perimeter. And so why not? If you're going to get all, all five of those, uh, if you're going to try to get a guy who can guard all five positions, I school Coral projects as the best guy in this draft to do that. Um, I don't think that there's any doubt that he could help not only the Warriors defense, but any defense from day one. Like this is a oh, guy you could plug and play. And there's no reason to believe that he can't just start as a rookie guarding the other team's best score. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to limit LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or James Harden uh, as, as effectively as a veteran. But if, it's, if he's one of your options and you're a team picking up, you know, this part of the draft, you probably don't have that many great defenders in the first place. 
And mm-hmm. so I think Okora could just be that guy for you from day one. I think he could be that guy for the Warriors from day one, to be honest. I mean, he's different game sets, different skill set, but it's similar to Matisse Thybul. Come in day one, you're you're coming in and, you know, you're defending one of the top two, three guys uh, on the other team and, and doing a pretty damn good job, too. And one of the other things that uh, I like that you kind of mentioned is him fighting through screens and stuff like that. He plays like a guy his size. You know, I hate seeing guys who are 220 plus and these physical specimens that might shy away from contact or, you know, I, I hate to, I know soft is such a, a uh, four letter word when it comes to athletes, but you know, he doesn't play soft. And that's definitely something that I like. It's not a deal breaker, whether someone does or doesn't, but I like to see a guy his size play that way. As far as the offensive end too, I mean, he gets a lot of the comparisons to Andre Iguodala on the defensive end. Offensively, I'm not willing to go as far um, <laughs> because Iguodala is definitely a ball handler where Okoro isn't, but we'll get to like that a little bit later. But one thing that does strike me as similar to Iguodala's game is, you know, Iguodala was so great with his hands. And what made him so effective was not just like, what made him different than guys like Andre Roberson or even a Matisse Tybal is he was so great and quick with those hands and getting deflections and steals. But then he was able to then turn those steals into points. And Okoro has that attribute about him, right? That's where he's different than these offensively limited but defensive-minded wings like Roberson and Tybal, because you can see him getting steals, getting a block, using those quick hands to get deflections, and then grab the loose ball and then use that athleticism that he has to bring the ball down the floor and finish with a dunk because he's also a guy who loves to play above the rim, right? Yeah. And, when, and, and how many times would you see Iguodala get a deflection, pick the ball up, run in transition, and finish with a right-handed dunk? I mean, that is Okoro's game. Uh, and I think he can make a lot of uh, – he can make a big impact early on just doing that in the transition game. Yeah, definitely. And I know this doesn't matter – uh, really, but it speaks more to ath- his athleticism and his, you know, penchant for dunking is, you know, future slam dunk champion, probably like that's the kind of, of high flying and ability that he does have. And you said it, he loves to dunk. I mean, I- I've talked about Derek Jones on this, uh, this podcast before, but it's similar ability to where he's uh, that athleticism is top of the draft. I mean, it's what maybe Edwards and him one and two and mm-hmm. maybe one, one a, and it's just, it's something that the Warriors need and something that he brings from, from the jump. The one other thing I want to say before we move on to some of the weaknesses is just you know, you talk to Bruce Pearl, you talk to, you know, you read these reports, you know, everything that guys say that talk to Isaac Okoro, just talk about how coachable he is. Um, and how I think it says a lot when he was recruited to Auburn, wasn't really like a standout recruit necessarily. Like he wasn't Anthony Edwards, right. Who, and they, you know, grew up in the same area. Um, but he did walk into a team of upperclassmen, of veterans, right, right away, and established himself early on as a preeminent piece of that rotation and a player who could sometimes take over games uh, when they needed him to. Now, he was a little passive here and there. Again, we'll get to that. But uh, that says a lot to me as far as just a guy's attitude. to come in. He's not, he's not a, you know, a loud guy. He's very modest he's very kind of quiet and all these things and he kind of gets like these bad comparisons to Kawhi Leonard sometimes for that reason but Mm -hmm. to me he is a guy who's mature enough to walk into a situation whether it be the Warriors or like a really young team like Atlanta or Cleveland or wherever and and just figure out his place in the pecking order and just play to the best of his abilities within that role you know what I mean yeah yeah definitely and it's uh, it's uh 
I kind of make the comparison of Trey Young and Steph Curry, where a guy like Steph Curry overlooked his entire career. And look, it doesn't mean that, you know, if you're picked top of the draft that you're going to be entitled or anything, but I've heard people make the, the, when the comparison is made from Trey Young to Steph Curry, a guy like Steph who was overlooked and had to fight and figure his way through. And a guy like Trey Young, who, you know, has been looked at as a top guy, his entire college to, you know, top four, five pick, I guess, uh, in the NBA, all that, where, you know, a guy might come in and feel entitled and it, with a guy like Okoro going into the Auburn situation, being unheralded and finding his spot and mm-hmm. working his way up. You know, that's a, it's something that you, you definitely take notice of when it comes to scouting. I'm not saying it puts him over the top either way, but it's definitely a, a, a check mark, uh, a good check mark in his, his uh, scouting report. Well, that's it for Okoro's strengths. We'll talk about his weaknesses next. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, especially now while you may not be able to visit a traditional store. So do it easily online at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The the rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low without the markup that you get from salespeople. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then find their how did you hear about us box and write locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Also, let's talk about Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. These easy-to-carry one-and-a-half-ounce packages are perfect to bring in your briefcase or in your golf bag. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without that same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. So how does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen proteins, a fast absorbing protein that gets into the system fast and promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better as well as feel better. So here's the offer. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by the Ringers, Jonathan Charks, to do a mock draft of uh, the the lottery, where we should have had a draft last week. We're going to go ahead and do our own with trades and everything this week. Uh, but, Charles, we are here talking about Isaac Okoro's draft breakdown. We did his strengths. His weaknesses are obvious, right? And I know this is going to be a hot-button topic for you. <laughs> he can't shoot from the perimeter. Uh, if you can sh- People who say you can shoot say he's streaky. But I, I, I think that's giving him too much credit. He had tendencies of being able to take over games and stuff like that uh, at Auburn in, in his one year there. I just don't see that ability translating to the NBA level. I mean, maybe he can when he has more space to just attack the rim. Mm-hmm. But if he can't shoot, guys are going to go under screens on him all the time. They're going to play off of him. And I do worry that he becomes a little bit of like a Michael Kidd Gilchrist at that point. Yep. I think he's probably a better athlete than MKG ever was. But when, he, when MKG was coming out, everybody kept talking about how he's like this five-position defender and all these things. But because he was such a non-threat offensively, uh, he struggled to make an impact and find a, a place in a rotation. I'm not as concerned with Okoro as I was with MKG, but there are shades of that that worry me. 
I mean, you nailed it. Another one that I that worries me. Another example is Stanley Johnson, physical hmm, yeah. specimen, solid defender. I think Okoro is a better defender, better overall. But still, just that lack of offensive ability, that lack of a jumper, really makes them. I mean, end of the bench guys, to be honest, you know, they have to be in very specific situations to get minutes and to have, you know, every night rolls with the team. He, you know, you mentioned the lack of the the jump shot, especially from three 67% free throw shooter, which, you know, those two correlate that doesn't doesn't bode too well for uh, his his ability to potentially find a find a three point shot. And the other thing, too, is even though he's incredibly athletic can finish around the rim that first step I mean when you see it on tape it is it's slow it's not a great explosive first step and so you know we've talked about guys like Harden and Steph who don't have crazy first steps but they they have uh you know technique and footwork but also they have the respect on the perimeter so you have guys closing out hard so they're able to get past and and get to the rim where if you're playing off Okora already going under screens you, you know, that first step's even worse. So the the scoring ability is very much uh, in question, especially the jumper. And you said it, you said it with me, man, the hot button, that, that three-point shot, I, I have to have it. And he shot, you know, 28% from three in college going 20 of 70. So yeah. again, these guys aren't finished products. Maybe he can figure it out, but I'm not, uh, well, I'm that's not where the, on it. That's where the Iguodala comparison to me falls apart is because he yeah. did have a quick first step. Right. He did. He was a threat off the dribble, even if it took him a little while, you know, at least as far as getting to the rim, even if it took him a while to kind of stabilize the outside jumper. And then it sort of fell off again when he was with Golden State. But um, with Okoro, there's so much that needs fixing on the offensive end. I mean, he needs mm-hmm. to, I, I mentioned that he can he could score in transition. That's really all the only place he could score. You know, he's not much of a half-court guy. You don't want him running pick and roll for you. Like, Iguodala could be your backup point guard, and he was yeah. for Golden State. I don't – Isaac Accord does not project to me as somebody who can ever kind of take on that sort of role, right? So if he's not going to be on the ball for you, uh, then what's he doing off the ball? And if he's not going to be able to – if he's not going to be a shooter – like he needs to at least develop the corner three pointer. He needs to at least be able to uh, to attack closeouts at least on just like straight line drives. And maybe he has maybe I, I think he could attack closeouts relatively effectively. But he again that that quick first step isn't there. As soon as, soon as somebody shades over, he's going to have to get rid of the ball probably. Um, I don't know that you can just rely on him having a ton of space to um, kind of offset the limitations he has on the offensive end, and so. He's sort of regarded as one of the safest picks in this draft, and I'm not sure why we always say that about mm-hmm. Isaac Okoro. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a cliche. To me, he's one of the riskiest players in this yeah. draft. I mean, safest because I guess you know you're getting a defensive player, but when you get when you have uh, very little to offer offensively, like safest in the fact that you know he could at least be your 12th man or something. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's, it's a, a very risky pick. Uh, you're, you're picking on potential and on upside because if, if he's a, almost a zero offensively and that might be strong, but if you're getting very little offensively from him, he needs to be an all defensive, all NBA level defender. You know, Andre Roberson gets to play because he's that type of defender. If he was just average above average, good, 
you know, those minutes would be a lot less. And I know injuries, blah, 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 but still. Well, like, Andre Robertson he, also is in a perfect situation, too, because he's exactly. been with Russell Westbrook for so long, so that mm-hmm. nobody ever got the ball. So it didn't matter what you did <laughs> on offense. Um, True. And I think something similar could be said for Okoro if you were drafted to Golden State, right? And, mm-hmm. like, where, you know, with Clay and Steph playing there, it's maybe the best situation for him. I just don't know if it's the best situation for Golden State. Again, we'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, I – to me, the risk is with the fact that, yeah, he's going to be – I think he is the best defender in this draft. But you're right. Like, is safe, like, to me, a safe pick is somebody who you know could be part of your rotation going forward. I don't know that a Coral can be. Mm-hmm. If he's, yeah, you're right. Safe as in your 12th man, sure. Like, he's going to be on an NBA roster. That seems relatively safe to say. But I don't know that he could be one of your top seven or eight guys. And if you're drafting number two overall, if you're drafting the lottery – whatsoever you're kind of looking for a guy who could be part of your core rotation maybe not from day one but at least going forward and there's so many things if it was just a three-point shot it'd be one thing right but it's not it's the Mm -hmm. it's the it's the dribble it's it's uh the free throw shooting it's the burst it's the lack of quickness um I just there's so many things it's almost everything that needs fixing on the offensive end and that is why it's the the risk profile for me is so high with him. Um, but we've, we've pretty much covered, I think, Isaac Okoro as a prospect. We'll talk about his potential fit with the Warriors next. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable, but with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while, IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. If you haven't already, now is a perfect time to hit that subscri- uh, subscribe button to get episodes of Locked On Warriors every day. Charles, I want to pose a question to you. Uh, yes. Isaac Okoro is compared by many to Andre Iguodala, and we've kind of nipped that comparison, but let's just go with it for the sake of this hypothetical. Tyrese Halliburton gets compared to Sean Livingston. Both are considered the safe picks again. Maybe a tier down from the draft's consensus top tier, but... Given those sort of comparisons, would you rather have this draft's Andre Iguodala or this draft's Sean Livingston, considering that Iguodala <laughs> was the guy who was higher up in the Warriors rotation than Livingston was? Yeah, I mean, give me the Livingston, because when it comes to these comparisons, I think the Livingston one is a little more uh, apt than the Iguodala one. Uh, Andre Iguodala in six years shot 30, 34% from three. That's not great. But if, if a Coro can shoot 34% from three over six seasons, that's, I'd be surprised, you know, that would be a huge fix in his jumper where with Halliburton, you're at least getting something on both ends. You know, that he's going to be able to defend certain point guards. I'm not saying he's going to come in and be what a Coro could be defensively, but he at least can give you the, 
uh, ball handling, the creation, uh, the jumper, even though it's a little funky, it at least goes in. Uh, I would rather have Halliburton. Here's another thing, too, when it comes to uh, people saying Okoro being the best defender in the draft. Sure, I don't argue it, but let's say Devin Vassell is the second best defender in the draft. Yeah. Well, you know he's got some offensive game. You know he's not going to come in and be a zero. So, I mean, how much better is he of a defender than Devin Vassell or the third best defender who might be able to offer you more offensively? Uh, you know, I, I like the Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston question, but at the same time, too, you know, just thinking when it comes to quote-unquote best defender, all right, well, how much are you losing going to the second one that might be able to give you more offensively than Okoro? No, and that's that's a really great point, and it's why I've been arguing Devin Vassell over, over Isaac Okoro this entire time. Yeah, Vassell might not be Okoro from day one on the defensive end, but he's going to get on the floor for you, and he's going to mm-hmm. make shots for you. And to me, he's, he's enough of a good defender that he, just like Okoro, could make an immediate impact on that end as a rookie day one. Uh, I love Vassell. You know that. We've talked about it. But Likewise. Um, I, I'm glad you bring him up because, yeah, it's not just – I would take Halliburton – as far as over, over Okoro, if it was those two guys, and I also take Basel over mm-hmm. Okoro. So when we're talking about wings, uh, guys that are, you know, perimeter-oriented players available in this draft that are going to be there at number two, or if the Warriors trade back, because I don't think Okoro would be in the mix for number two. Yeah. I think we're talking about if they trade back to five to ten somewhere, that's when you're really thinking about it. If Vassal or Halliburton are on the board, they're going to they're gonna go with him, those one of those guys over uh, Isaac Okoro. I think that's pretty safe uh, for us to say. Any other thoughts on Okoro before we close this out? Uh, you know, I think he could fit potentially. You know, it's not a uh, immediate, it's not LaMelo Ball who I think would be a bad fit. I think Okoro could come fill a role, be uh, with that defensive versatility, be that you know, small forward that bumps up to the four in a small lineup. He could fill that dunker position that Andre Guadala does. Things like that. You know, we've uh, we've uh, Definitely pointed out his uh, deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Still potential there, still solid. But as far as what the Warriors are looking for, there are better options. And I'm glad you brought up the draft position because at two, I am a firm no. But if they trade down, like you said, five to 10, maybe even further, and he's there. And while trading down, they're picking up other assets, maybe another veteran wing or something like that. And they get Okoro. I would feel better about that. But at two, I'm, I am hard no. I think the Warriors are too. Uh, remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. Thank you to Rock Auto and to Built Go for sponsoring today's show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked on Giants podcast which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.